What is up, everybody, and welcome back to Never Made Varsity. It's been a minute. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. And hello again, everyone. My name is Maverick. You can find me on social media at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. Uh, so by the title of this episode, you will know that this is not the Star Wars episode. <laughs> Maverick, I'm going to title this one, not the Star Wars episode. Uh, so here's what happened. Last week on Thursday, uh, as we're recording, it is 12.29. Last week on Thursday, uh, last December 29th, not 12.29 p.m., <laughs> um, I went to see Rise Skywalker. Uh, and when I got home from Durham, I got really sick. Um, I was up chucking all night. Um and then that sat. So we were supposed to record that Friday. I couldn't record on Friday. That Saturday, I was supposed to move into my apartment, and I did. Thought I would be able to go that night, and I could not. I was still feeling pretty bad. Uh, and now, Aaron is in Ohio. David is in Italy. So we're waiting for the whole gang to get back together to do this one. So because it's going to be a very why... fun conversation because we've we've already had some some preliminary talks about the movie, <laughs> and so I think we're going to put on a really good show for y'all. Really go in depth on it. Uh, mm-hmm. and we'll see what go really dig into what happens in the movie. Get everyone's thoughts and get everybody else's thoughts that's listening in as well. For sure, it'll be a fun episode, but we are not going to talk about any Star Wars this episode, just so we can save it all for one time. Except, I will say, The Mandalorian, it's a good show. The Mandalorian, <laughs> ooh, the season finale. I would definitely recommend watching uh, basically the end of The Mandalorian if you haven't already and are planning to go see The Rise of Skywalker. Especially the second to last episode. Yes. But um, I will say that uh, The Mandalorian is one of my favorite things happening with Star Wars right now. Star Wars television is good. I will, Okay, I will leave yeah. that comment there. Relate again to your argument. Nope, 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 nope. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Maverick and I can talk about it after the show. Yep. So let's talk about sports because this is kind of what we normally do on this uh, this here show. And let's talk about Carolina football, like UNC football, not the Panthers. Let's never talk about them. Let's talk about the ones with the good future ahead, hopefully. Um, The Giant is fast asleep again. Yes, they are. (laughs) Sleeping like a baby. Uh, Carolina put the beat down on Temple uh, 55-13. to Winning the Military Bowl, our fourth bowl win since 2013. We didn't even witness that in our four years. Yeah, it was, um, I did not expect that to happen. Uh, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. I wasn't surprised that we won because I feel like that type of game, as much as I don't like talking about energy and I think that energy is like this ethereal thing that can come and go whenever you want. I really do think this team really wanted to be at this game. Uh, And for a team like Temple, who was coming in off eight wins, a really impressive year, uh, beating a really good Memphis team, 
they did not quite do everything they wanted to do this season. I think was a little disappointed to be in the military bowl and not somewhere um, playing a team that's, I mean, to be honest with you, a higher caliber than Carolina. But I was, no, go ahead, Maverick. No, I, w- I would agree with you as well, but it's kind of like you make the most of it. And I mean, I'm, I'm just happy for our guys. I think when you go three years without going to a bowl game, it just feels sweet to be there. And then I think the real big thing, it's not necessarily that we won or even playing a temple. It doesn't matter necessarily who we were playing and this sort of thing. It's not only that we won, but the manner in which we won. Yeah, it was dominant from start to finish. And that's something that we saw the last three weeks of the season. Like, I'm not saying that Mercer and this year's state team is some type of really impressive wins to pull off. But the way in which we won, I think, was impressive. It's something that we hadn't seen from Carolina this year. Even the Georgia Tech team, who Georgia Tech was probably the third worst team that Carolina played this year. Uh, did not jump on that Georgia Tech team like we did Mercer and State and Temple. Um, so it's something that we started doing at the end of the year that I think is a good sign for things to come in the future. Yeah, no, uh, especially when it comes to an inexperienced team like we are, one under new leadership with Mac Brown and his coaching staff. These kind of teams, in theory, should get better as the season progresses. And our best football was played in the final three games against Mercer, against NC State, and against Temple. Like I said, you can argue about the caliber of team for those three games, but nonetheless, we played and demonstrated that what we're capable of as a football team. And it, like I said, and it's very good feelings to end the season. We finished with a winning record, and then it immediately jumps right into the next year with a, a lot of momentum, I hate to say it, as you love to hear, also I think some very high expectations. There's already like Sam Howell for Heisman 2020, uh, UNC, which I don't think is is like unreasonable. Yeah, honestly. Certain individuals <laughs> want UNC to go to the Rose Bowl. I mean, those, all those kind of things. It's gonna be an interesting off season, which, uh, as much as I don't believe in like team momentum, like on the field momentum, I do think that there is sort of like a national media coverage momentum that's going to carry into the next year. We're going to be a top 25 team uh, preseason ranked next year. I am pretty positive about that. Uh, it's going to be us or Virginia Tech is going to be favored to win the Coastal. No, we're we're easily top three in the Coastal. We're going to be a contender from the start. And it just starts with that we're returning so many people. We spent the last two and three years with players that, technically really had no business being on the field, but they had to be due to injuries or depth, just general depth or whatnot. And now we are returning all of those guys who have gotten really good development and has showed a lot of positive, you know, again, momentum. I hate to keep saying it. And then you're going into your returning. Now, now these guys are experienced. They have all this experience on their back and you have a good coaching staff. So, I mean, in theory, you're going to really start showing some really good football. I feel like I need to clarify my momentum thoughts. I think there's a lot of misinformation about what I do and don't believe about momentum. Let me say this. I do believe in like recruiting momentum and I believe in like, I I do believe that playing well does help the rest of 
throw everything else around the program. I, as much as, I mean, like winning games helped us sell out <laughs> Keenan Stadium all, um, all six or seven games. I forget how many we had this year. I think six games in um, Keenan this year. That doesn't happen without wins, and I think. I do think that kind of social societal momentum helps a program, especially a program like North Carolina, which like it or not has fair weather fans that are only going to sh- like me who are only going to show up if the team's good. Like I will watch all the games, but I am not paying money to go sit in a seat to watch a bad team. No, completely so. understand that. And I mean, going off of that, you were talking about like things like recruiting, not only we're returning most of our players, we also have a top 20 recruiting class, one of our best classes in over a decade. So we're not only keeping our current players, but we're also reloading with strong talent to be able to come off the bench and still develop. Because I still think plenty of them are still going to be able to get playing time almost immediately, especially those coming to play on the defensive line since we're losing right. Aaron Crawford and Jason Strobridge. And then I think one of the strong things that's been often talked about, our secondary is going to be very strong this year because we're returning Miles Wolfuck. We'll have Storm Duck now, who had a really great performance in the military bowl. I uh, got a pick six there. We have Don Chapman. We have uh, several guys really. And now we got new recruits. We have Jaquarius Conley coming in. We have, let's see, I think it's Dontavious Nash. Uh, that's actually coming in the next class. So, I mean, we're really starting to get some really good talent on the defensive end. And then we're getting a lot of offensive talent too. It's only going to make Sam Howell look better, and it's just a nice symbiotic circle. Everybody making everybody looking better. It's something that I I saw Bomani Jones talking about on Twitter today, that the the upper echelon teams, they don't have to recruit nationally. Like, they don't – like, the Clemsons and Alabamas and Ohio State's, Georgias of the world don't need to recruit in-state, like – Clemson can recruit from North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, probably California and Texas, and pretty much get whoever they ask (laughs) to come to their school. But the schools like Carolina, South Carolina, NC State really rely on that in-state recruiting. So to be able to win those in-state recruiting battles and get those kids who aren't going to go to Clemson but are maybe like just half a notch down, those are the teams that can uh, once they play it together for three or four years, can be the team like Clemson or Ohio State or Alabama on those one-off chances just one night in um, October, one Saturday in October, you can win those types of games. So I'm I'm happy with um, that. Let's talk about the direction of the program after a year of Mac Brown, since I was the, the most skeptical one here. Uh, Maverick, what do you think about how this season went as a whole with respects to to what Mac brought to the back to the program? This was already something that we had talked about really after the NC State game when we clinched the bowl, but now that we clinched the bowl, won the bowl game, and did it in such great fashion, I think hands down, and we're we have a winning record seven and six. Yeah, hands down, we this is very much a successful season. It's a tremendous success just given uh, where we have came from. We had two wins last year where I think we're tied with Louisville for the most like win differential from year to year and among power five conferences. So it just shows a lot of growth from the team. Again, this is not where we want to be as a program, 
just year after year. For many years now, this has kind of been considered if you just go six and six, six and seven, seven and six in that range, it's considered a, a, tr- a success. But if we really want to start becoming a big name program in college football, it, we, it's going to require even more development, uh, better recruits, uh, playing better in, against big opponents and such. But I think this is a really good first step to get to that direction. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, Maverick. I'm interested to see what you think about it. There are some programs that are never going to win a national championship. I, I I definitely agree with that. They're but and they're like all but they're always a good team. Like they're always a top twenty five team, but just for whatever reason they never get over the hump. I, I think of like the Michigans, the Virginia Tech kind of crowds, uh, different like maybe like Minnesota, like Wisconsin, things like that, where they're really good teams, especially in the last decade or two, but never really in the same kind of tier that you consider Ohio state, Alabama, now Clemson and so forth. But that's where I disagree with you. I I do think that Michigan can win a national championship. I think that Virginia tech can win a national championship. Uh, A lot of things have to break right for them, but they, I think they have the, the resources to be able to do that. When I say like, never, I mean like never, never, like, I don't think that Wake Forest is ever going to win a national championship in football just Mm -hmm. because I don't think they have the resources to do that. Duke, like a team like Duke or a school like Duke would have to focus all of their resources on to football in order for them to be able to contend for a national championship. And I don't think they are willing to do that with how basketball is looking at its current spot. So like, those teams like Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's never won yeah. a national championship. I mean, you can look at virtually any sport like that. You can look at the same thing with basketball. There's plenty of teams that do that as well. And it, I think it speaks a lot of the kind of the perpetuity that comes with college sports. Once the once the certain the the one percent of the program sort of etched their name in years and decades past, it's kind of like those teams are always going to be the top ones. And then if you didn't do that, you're always it's really rare when a program jumps up and down a tier because it, and it takes several years and decades like that. (laughs) Um, I mean, you think of a team like UCLA that is probably the best basketball program in college basketball history. And then because of their lack of success, basically in the last 20, 30 years, some would argue they've even gone down a tier because of that. And, but it's very, it's, it's a lot easier to go down than it is to go up. You look at, there's very few basketball programs or let alone football programs that really jump up a tier. And it takes, it takes virtually a generation to be able to do it. But what I I say all that to say, I think that if the athletic department wants to, which it does take a lot of want to (laughs) enable to enable to make the jump, uh, they can do it. Like they're, they can put the resources in place in order to make this a, in order to turn Carolina into a Clemson, it's, it would take a lot, though. But I think that the direction of the program is cl- getting closer to that, getting closer to the, the late 90s when we were about to make that jump than um, it would have been, I mean, in July. So I, I think we're, we're trending in the right direction. I'm still worried about five, six years down the line. 
but there's only so much you can do about that now. The way I'm going to look at it is season to season, and next season is looking really positive for us. So, and I want to say I I really do think that's a valid concern. I think the first and foremost thing is just it comes to Mac Brown. How much longer is he going to coach? But they did just announce he did add on a year to his contract. I think he was originally going to sign for five years, Mm -hmm. went down to four, and he just tacked the one back on. And he said basically he'll tack another one on if I interpret that correctly until he starts feeling like. It's his gas tank starting to lower. So that's Carolina football for you. It was a, an entertaining season to say the least. Well, we're like less than 14 points away from being undefeated. Yeah. And um, probably close to that in being uh, very, very defeated. So it's a, it was a interesting and it's been an interesting couple months, and I'm excited to do it again. I'm excited for Carolina football next year, which is something I couldn't say. Um, Tar Heel football, not Panther football. Tar Heel football. We'll get to Panther football. Will we? I don't. I literally barely watched the game today. But let's talk about the playoff. We had two playoff games yesterday. We did. We did. We had LSU uh, play some team. I don't know who showed up. I don't know if it was Oklahoma. But some team went on the field, and then Allegedly. we, yeah, and then we had also Ohio State and Clemson. I guess we want to start with the the foregone one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start with um, LSU um, hanging sixty on Oklahoma. <laughs> trounced uh, is it? yeah, trounced. That's a that's a good good little ACT word. I was putting together a bed. Um, while I while I watched this game, and it felt like every time I added a, a new part to this bed, uh, LSU scored another touchdown. <laughs> it was uh, a wild. I didn't. I expected LSU to win by multiple scores. I did not expect seven touchdowns. No, no, I don't think anyone really expected that. I mean. And then you'd have all the people being like, well, Bama would have gotten a better game had they been able to get in. But you can't – that's just not how the playoff seating really works. But my favorite thing was uh, they're like uh, Joe Burrow set the college football playoff record with seven touchdowns, dot, dot, dot. It's not even the second half yet. <laughs> uh, Joe Burrow has more touchdowns in Mercedes-Benz Stadium than Matt Ryan this season. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, it um, LSU's a good football team, and Oklahoma's not bad, but that defense was not ready for LSU in the slightest. No, I mean it was a lot of Jalen Hurts too, just trying to, you know, keep everybody afloat, and he only could do so much. Yeah, imagine Joe Burrow in Oklahoma. Imagine him throwing to CD Lamb. <sighs> good lord! <laughs> See, that's I mean. And Oklahoma's been getting all the transfers of the past few years. They got Jalen Hurts. They got Baker Mayfield. I mean, they're definitely a team like that, but I don't know how much longer that'll last. It looks like Lincoln Riley might be heading to other pastures. Maybe. I That, um... Oklahoma's He's got the Cliff Kingsbury, uh, a young offensive mind narrative going for him. He really does. They, um... And Cliff Kingsbury, I mean... If we're if we're gonna talk about it, kind of an impressive season in Arizona. I didn't expect um, them to win five games this year, uh, five and a half, uh, assuming they don't beat the um, the Rams right now. 
But yeah, LSU. Here's here's what my my thought about Jalen Hurts. I wonder what the NFL is going to do about him because I don't know how good Jalen Hurts is. Like what? Let's say you take Jalen Hurts off um, Oklahoma and put him. I don't know, somewhere without five-star right receivers running butt naked <laughs> all the time. I, I don't know how good he is. I I have a lot of doubts about his accuracy and, um, and arm strength. I saw during the broadcast, they mentioned, like, maybe they'll put him in Baltimore and run some weird sets with him. And I was like, no, that's not. That's not a very good use of a first-round draft pick if that's what you're going to do with Jalen Hurts, and it's kind of a waste of a roster spot. But I don't know what you do with him. I mean, I, I, I definitely think it, it's all about finding the right system for him. There's, it, he's not definitely not going to work with every single NFL team. I, I think he's definitely going to get drafted. Oh, yeah. It just depends on uh, – But like you are saying, he, he's often been in situations where he's had four- and five-star wide receivers – and still wasn't quite the best. That's why he left Alabama ultimately because two still very spot. good. Just, just yeah. to be clear, still no very slide. good. No yeah. slide against him, but at times showed some inconsistencies, and that's what got him off and off to a new program. And even in Oklahoma, as good as they did, they made the playoff. It was just getting over that hump. Like I said, national champion. He won a national championship with him as the lead quarterback. Right. So. Don't want to slide him at all, but it's definitely a valid thing once you get to an NFL level. He would have to be with a a coach like John Harbaugh or Sean McDermott who's willing to mold their system around him. Is what it was what I think. But like the game itself, like I don't know how much you can say about the game itself. It was a blowout. I don't know what, what else to say. Yeah. Um, they got the belt. Yeah, bless their hearts. Let's chat about. Clemson, Ohio State. Uh, that was a fun game. <laughs> talking about the Bucks, uh, the Bucks are upset. They are very mad. Uh, <laughs> yes, they are. I did my um, weekly tradition of whenever a whiny fan base loses, going to their subreddit just to see how bad the meltdown is. And this is one of the worst ones I saw this year. Honestly, <laughs> it was no, no, really you, you, you put some screenshots into the. the- Pod group me. Yeah, it was rough. Um, now, granted, there were some ACC refs there. The SEC refs. That, was there not, or was that in the LSU game? Uh, I thought the, I thought there LSU, were some ACC refs on staff for the LSU Ohio State game. Was ACC? Um, okay. The the Clemson Ohio State game was SEC. Okay. So there was a grand conspiracy of the SEC refs to get Clemson to the playoffs so that um, the SEC can have a team dethrone Clemson is the <laughs> is the galaxy oh. brain explanation of what happened in that, in that that's, game. That's so crazy. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It started out hot for Ohio State. Oh, yeah. They looked really good, and I have not seen – I mean – in our game, in Carolina's game against Clemson, Clemson never looked rattled. Like, they they were making some mistakes, but they didn't look like... I feel like the first half of this game, they looked shell-shocked, or at least the first 25 um, game minutes of this game. They looked like they were not expecting <laughs> to get hit in the mouth like that, or they got hit in the mouth and got their bell rung a little bit. 
Uh, but those last five minutes of the second half, it started to look like Clemson's looked all year. Yeah. Because what it started sixteen nothing and then it was fourteen mm-hmm. sixteen by halftime and it all then their fourteen points came in what a, about a two minute span, right? So and was that and then you get to the third quarter and that's just when it really starts going off. They it really started uh, catching their stride and then uh, Lawrence had the tremendous what was it, a sixty seven yard run. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I didn't know he could run like that. Kids got wheels. Well, that's the thing. Last year, he didn't run. Uh, didn't need to, I guess. But I feel like they were. The, he definitely ran a little bit more this season because I remember people saying like that they should protect him a little bit more and not have to worry about him running. But if he can do that, let him do that. He ha- he has about four times as many carries this year as he did last year. Uh, I think about six carries per game, but he was running it more than that um, against Ohio State. He has a very Colin Kaepernick-like gait where it doesn't look like he's running fast at all. <laughs> then all of a sudden, he's past everybody. No, I noticed that, too, where, like, I, there was someone that was pretty close. It looked like they were closing in pretty quickly on him, and they just never caught him as he started running. I'm like, why aren't you catching him? Because <laughs> he does. it looks like he's it's very um, elegant. It's very graceful when, when he runs. No, I feel like, like Derrick Henry has a run right. like that, where Derrick Henry can, is really fast, but he's just like so tall and it just moves. And it doesn't look like he's actually running fast. Yeah. He's um he's wicked athletic, and <laughs> that's kind of really scary. <laughs> uh, but Clemson's defense started looking like the, the, the Brent Venables defense that has been wildly impressive this year. And I, no. I don't, I'm very impressed. Like I, I didn't think um, I wasn't sure if they'd be able to respond the way that they did, and um, <laughs> heck of a response. I'll it was the epitome way. of they had us in the first half. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, they they had us in the, the first what 28 minutes. Um, so, right, but then we then we get to the controversy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We can talk. Like, let's talk about the the scoop the scoop and score that never was. I never thought it was a catch. Like I, there are receipts where, of me saying I don't think it's a catch in real time. It does not look like a catch. Yeah, like I think I can't remember who was saying it on the broadcast. But like when you slow it down, anything can look, or you can make it look like virtually anything. Because mm-hmm. I, th- I think the big argument was he he caught it and held it and took three steps, but then you don't. But then the the what ultimately was the refs ruling is that he did not make a football move after catching it. I think, or at least, am I wrong in that? No, no, I think you're right, and that's kind of what I saw when I was looking. Like, I I get I get the complaints. He did take three steps, and he was did have possession for those three steps, but there... When you, when you watch the play, if you would have just shown it and there was no such thing as high-speed cameras, you would have said that's an incompletion. I would say so as well. I think, and I think what the counter argument is, especially when you go to three steps, someone can score a touchdown just by putting one foot down and having what looks like. If you took what he had and put it in the end zone, that would be a touchdown, I think is what people would try to argue. Maybe. I, I I think it. I I get where they're coming from. I will not begrudge them that. <laughs> like I said, because someone can score a touchdown just by putting one foot down, 
But then again, like if you like I said, if he doesn't go out of bounds at all or anything, and you just put it smack dab in the middle of the end zone, I feel like if that's reviewed, that would be called a touchdown. My one my one counter argument to that counter argument, my counter counter argument <laughs> is that it uh, this is chess right here. It did. I don't think that even if it was in the end zone, I don't think that would have counted as completing the process of the catch. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I. I did not think that was the most egregious call in the world. I might be in the minority with that, but uh, I'm sticking to my guns, and I'll let the zebras back me up on that. The um, someone said it's karma from the '03 national championship that happened in that same building where Ohio State got the the uh, the uh, pass interference play against yeah. Miami in the end zone. Yeah. So that's um. That sets up an LSU Clemson national championship. The Tiger Bowl is complete. The Tiger Bowl, the winner gets to keep calling their stadium Death Valley. I don't. Re- I don't have like a rooting interest in this game. I mean, slightly. My my scalding hot take was that Clemson was the best team in the country. So if they win, I'd like to be validated in that. But also, Coach O is a delightful human, and I'd like to see him win a national championship. So. I am fine with either of these teams winning. Yeah, I can just sit back and enjoy this one. I think it's going to be some really good football. I hope so. Like I said, I hope it's just a, just offensive, just show out. I hope that um, Edwards Helaire, um is healthy. That kid is electric. They're running back from LSU. He didn't get to play a bunch of snaps this game. They kind of put him on the pitch, or they were able to put him on the pitch count because they jumped on Oklahoma so early he had a tweaked hamstring so hopefully uh he'll be 100% for this game coming up and i think that um T Higgins is all right he played some in the second half but didn't look quite right i think it was his shoulder i think he got, he went down yeah pretty awkwardly on his shoulder shoulder neck something in that that region uh if i think he'll be I'm good to go. So I think Edwards Hilaire versus uh, Travis Etienne. That's going to be a battle of the running. Travis Etienne is so good and no one talks about him. He is so good. He literally won ACC player of the year last year and everyone forgot, including him. I think I told this story on the podcast before, but uh, at the practice earlier this year, uh, he like fumbled during a practice, and the coach said, "That's not what a, a ACC Player of the Year um does." And he stopped for a second because he forgot that he won the ACC Player of the Year last year. He's good. really good. Uh, so it's um, it's gonna be a really fun game. I hope it's a really fun game. So, do you want to do NFL? Do you have a lot of NFL stuff to talk about? I know there's some. And then we'll do basketball to cap it off. Sure, we can go into all that. We'll do uh, NFL and then we can swing back. Uh, Briefly, the Browns lost to the Bengals, and that's hilarious. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And Aaron's here not... He's not here to defend it. Uh, The Panthers... Uh, lost by over 30 to the Saints, and that's hilarious. <laughs> but <laughs> Christian McCaffrey um, got his 1,000 yards receiving, so he ended the season with over 1,000 yards rushing and over 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, this was probably Greg Olson's last game. He's talking 
making a lot of retirement um, sounds after the game. So I think this will be it for him. Panther season's over. Good riddance to whatever this nightmare was. <laughs> nightmare of a season was. So the Titans are going to the playoffs. We are going to the playoffs. I can't believe it, but we're here. Who would have thought we'd be here? And who would have thought that Ryan Tannehill would lead the Tennessee Titans to the playoffs? Listen, I like Ryan Tannehill. I thought that he's had flashes, like really good flashes in Miami. And I guess he just had to put him in like a competent uh, offense for him to be able to do anything. But that offense does not involve Adam Gase. So... (laughs) I think they also is, had a lot of injuries. This is true. This is true. But like, it looks like he knows what he's doing here. And, yeah, and the way he, he started did it in Miami, top five in completion percentage, <laughs> which is ridiculous. He's Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, <laughs> he's playing so, and I can't tell if he's ever going to come back down to earth because he just keeps playing this good. And I mean, a lot of it too is our our wide receivers are really starting to develop. Our big one is AJ Brown now. Our rookie He's wide so receiver good. out of Ole Miss is a monster, <laughs> absolute monster. He had two touchdowns today. He had a really incredible catch that he had in the end zone. And then you, we still have Corey Davis. We have Tajay Sharp. We have Adam Humphreys, who has been out with injuries. So we're really starting to develop a wide receiver core. We have a really good offensive line. And so I think it is definitely better circumstances than what Miami gave. So mm-hmm. old, maybe it's the sort of thing when he's again, it's when if you're in a better system with a better group of guys, then that can also uh, that can obviously lead to more success. Most quarterbacks are system quarterbacks. And then the cool thing, Marcus Mariota got to play a snap through a really nice pass to AJ Brown, probably his last time uh, in a Titans uniform until, or at least on the field in a Titans uniform. Mm-hmm. But now we get to play New England. Yay. Not that we can't win, but that, yay, we get to play the Patriots. That's a very winnable game. I Especially because they just lost to Miami. They did just lose to Miami and Tom Brady and Fitz magic. does not look good. Well, and like and especially in years past, he's not had a good wide receiver core. This he does not have many weapons this year. No, he when doesn't. You, when you lose Gronk. Edelman starting, it just didn't have as great a season as years past. I mean, who uh, they still have Emmanuel Sanders or is he, in, uh, is he injured? I I no, or, couldn't tell you. Like I don't know who else is on their offense. Otherwise, they also have like Rex Burkhead. I about to say Rex Burkhead and um, Sonny Michelle. Yeah, <laughs> it's like not said, I think it's very winnable. It's a very winnable game. I would not be surprised if Tennessee went in and won. Uh, So, looking at playoff scenarios. So, the AFC is already set. There's still some things that can shift around the NFC, so we'll talk about the AFC first. Uh, Next week, the Texans will play the Bills. The Titans will play the Patriots. Um, The Chiefs get a bye, and the Ravens have home field throughout. I think that the Bills Texans game is going to be a six to three game. <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> very, very boring. 
Um, and the six is going to be like Josh Allen running 54 yards for a touchdown and then missing the <laughs> extra point. <laughs> um, I don't think it's going to be very entertaining, but who knows? I might be totally wrong. On the other side of things, this, so here's the thing. The, uh, the Seahawks and the Niners have not played yet. The Niners win. They will be the number one seed. The Packers will be the two seed. The Saints will be the three seed. The Eagles will be the four seed. Um, and then the Vikings will be the six seed. Who's number five? I'm missing one. I'm missing a team. Who cares? Um, but Minnesota? You were so, I said Minnesota. They're um, locked into a wild card spot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, the Seahawks will either be the three seed, the three seed, or the five seed. The Niners will either be the one seed or the three seed. So that's where we are. So next week, the either the Eagles will play the. No, we can't play that game yet because we don't know where everyone is. So I'm just going to leave it alone. But those, that's that's where we're sitting. Is a matter of who's playing next week in the NFC. Once everybody's back, we'll start probably looking at our Super Bowl predictions. Right. I just want the Niners to win tonight, and I hope that by the time you're listening to this, the Saints do not have a bye. I want them playing next week. I want as many chances to get the Saints out of the playoffs. (laughs) And I hope it ends on a horrible missed um, pass interference, and they don't have any more challenges to change it. (laughs) Is Is how I want this to end. So... That's our brief look at the NFL. I don't think anything else that interesting happened today. There were some close games, but not many of them mattered. So We're getting towards the end of the season, and it's starting to be playoff time. I love playoff football. It's my favorite. Except when my team's involved, and it's terrible. Let's talk UNC basketball. We had a bit of a break because the team was taking <laughs> exams, and then they played a game, and now... Dance or a little Christmas break. So, there's only one game for us to talk about. Very fortunate for us. UCLA. I also watched this game while putting things together <laughs> in my apartment. Is my um, theme for this week. Uh, we won. 74-64. By double digits. So, I mean, put together a pretty good win. Especially with the struggles we had against Gonzaga and the previous games, I think we were about to, we were on the verge of losing our fifth straight game, which we have not done in a long time. And they, no team that has lost five straight games in Carolina history has made the NCAA tournament. So mm-hmm. all the all the nice little stakes going to it, but ultimately came out played a really good game against a, a UCLA team that's kind of in a similar situation in a way. They're just very young, don't have a whole lot of leadership at the moment under new leadership under Coach Cronin. So they're still very much in development. Uh, but it was very close for a while. We, we ultimately managed to pull away at the end with a good amount of scoring around. Again, Garrison and Armando still did very well in, on the interior. I think that's what really won us the game. is that Because we win when we are able to dominate the paint. Right. Uh, we shot 33% from three, which is better than we've been shooting from three this season. Um, six threes go in. That's going to be a, a good thing for us this year. Uh, Jeremiah Francis, Anthony Harris. We love Welcome you. to Carolina basketball. <laughs> Thank um, you. 
they've been a, a nice little steadying force for this team. These um these two rookie players are playing their little hearts out, and it's helping us. It's been a good spark. Jeremiah Francis with the ball in his hands looks like a Carolina basketball point guard. I mean, he he looks more like a Carolina basketball point guard than Cole Anthony. Honestly, I that doesn't mean that he's a better player than Cole Anthony. I don't think that's true. I think once we get a healthy Cole Anthony back, this team is going to be um, a bit more to reckon with. But I do think this team looks a bit more like what we're used to with Carolina basketball with um, with Jeremiah Francis out there running the point. What do you think? I think so as well. I mean, both the freshmen combined for 26 points. Now, Jeremiah didn't have the greatest shooting, if I remember correct. I think he only made like one shot. Right. But ultimately, again, it was a lot of good things. I, everybody was saying it. Jeremiah showed a lot of like Joel Berry tendencies. He just kind of has the the swole bill that, that <laughs> Joel Berry kind of has. Uh, Anthony Harris, definitely a, a really good shooter. I think he was – let me see – he was five of seven. He had he had two threes. So he, I mean, he actually was the high point among them. He had fourteen points. And I, one thing I was saying, like I know Cole is a really good facilitator. I think he still would be a point guard. I would be interested to see a, a lineup where you have Cole and Jeremiah or Cole and Anthony as the one-two. Uh, breaking news: Browns fire Freddie Kitchens. Sorry, Aaron. Well, oh, I guess Aaron's kind of happy. Team so much. <laughs> it was bound to happen. Um, I I do want to chat about that for like thirty seconds. It's gonna be a short episode anyway. It's fine. Uh, Freddie Kitch- So the Browns were. I think that Freddie Kitchens one is not a very good coach. I also think that he's a bit of a victim of expectations where everyone forgot this team was the Browns in July <laughs> and we're saying that they were supposed to go to win the AFC North and go to the playoffs and like I said everyone forgot they were the Browns so generally what happens if you're expected to make the playoffs and you don't make the playoffs that's when the coach gets fired so six wins is better than um than Hugh Jackson ever did in Cleveland uh, but uh, the way this team looked did not look like a very well-coached team. So I 100% get this firing. Do you have any thoughts before we jump back to Carolina basketball? Not quite sure because, I mean, the Browns, <laughs> you know how you were saying earlier there are just some programs that are never going to win a championship? <laughs> I think the Browns are the NFL version of that. That's uh oh, we um we get a little message from <laughs> from Aaron in the group me. Uh, Browns fire Freddie Kitchens, thank God. So he's happy. I imagine lots of Browns fans are happy right now, which is weird because this is the most game safe one in a while. Yeah, <laughs> that's how bad it was. So and it's it's really bad when it's very obvious that it's coaching that's the problem. So. Back to Carolina basketball. I think that it was a a good win for the fan base to kind of calm down a little bit. Winning right before Christmas. Winning right before Christmas is good. You get a little bit of a break to reset uh, before you get back to practice. I think that 
they um they just helps the mental state a little bit going into uh this Yale game where Yale is not bad. Um wouldn't be surprised if they win the Ivy League. Did they win the Ivy League last year? I actually don't remember. Uh either way, Yale is good. Um they are not a pushover team right now. Um, Basketball Power Index has Carolina as a um, 65% chance to win, um, favored by 6.5 at the moment. Um, we're just going to we're gonna have to play well. I don't know a, bit, a more like entertaining way to say that, but we're going to have to play well to win this game. It's and going not- forward, too, I mean, we're, and we're – Almost into ACC play just mm-hmm. after that because we'll have Georgia Tech on Saturday, January 4th. And then the Clemson game is not too much farther than that. And that's going to be the real scary one because we're still going to be without Cole. Y'all in this damn streak. And the 59-0 and <laughs> streak was on the line. Remember all those months ago when I was trying to say if we could trade the streak for Clemson be- beating Clemson in football? Well, I think we might could very well lose both <laughs> I, um... and, and get nothing. Let's talk about Georgia Tech real quick too, since um, since we're not going to talk before um, that game comes. Georgia Tech started the season with a win against NC State. Since then, uh, the teams have kind of diverged in how they're doing. Um, well, I was about to say Boston College. Georgia Tech does not look quite as good as they did against. Um, NC State. Um, states looked a lot better than they did against Georgia Tech. So, Georgia Tech is six and six. That is their best win to date um, against State. So, it's that game should be a dub. Their best player is Michael DeVoe. Um, and then also they have um, the the one kid I don't like. Um, is still on the team. Oh, the one that did the thing after that, that, that stepped China. over Joel. Yeah. Yep. He's still there. He's like he's gonna be annoying. I think he has to be a junior now because I think he, he was a freshman. He hit that three and he did the big old celebration. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that kid. <laughs> so, um, the the fighting Josh Passners are um. Running their way to not the postseason. I really don't like him. <laughs> um, so he stole a ACC Coach of the Year from Roy. So I don't like him. Anyway, two games until we talk again. If we win those two, I think we're looking pretty good going into January to have a good little time. What else is there to talk about that's sportsy? How long have we been going? 46 minutes? It's a good, we're a little bit right on pace, I would say. A little bit shorter episode today. I don't really think I have much else. Do you have Unless... any questions about cats? No. <laughs> nope. I did see cats, everybody. <laughs> and I had a really good we're, time. We'll probably talk about that. At least yeah, a little I, bit I, in the Star Wars review. I, I do think we're going to talk about cats during the Star Wars episode. And I am prepared to talk about cats. I think at this point I have more thoughts about cats than I do about Star Wars. So um, we can talk <laughs> about those two blockbusters fighting for the box office. Um, Just our- get ready, y'all. Especially if you are very interested to hear our thoughts about Star Wars. If you're 
not very into a echo chamber. I don't think this one's going to be an echo chamber. Absolutely not. I still don't know what Aaron has. Aaron seen the movie? He has. I don't know what Aaron thinks about it. Um, but he's oh, definitely the one that's played it clo- as closest to his chest as possible among the three of us. Yeah, which is fine. He, he is he, he. Without saying too much, I think he might be the swing vote. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I am fine being alone on my island, but we'll talk about it whenever we talk about it. Hopefully, the next episode. Don't still don't know when it will be. Don't know when. I did not pay attention when David said he was getting back from Italy, so I don't know when we'll see him again. But so it's, it's going to be very spoilery talk. So we're giving you all enough time. Yeah, we. I. I doubt we're going to put a, a non-spoiler section into this podcast. I don't like non-spoiler sections. If we're going to talk about the movie, I'd rather just talk about the movie. And right now I'm stalling until I can bring up the outro, which I just pulled up. So, everyone, thank you for listening to this kind of impromptu episode that we decided that we were doing this morning <laughs> of Never Made Farsi. You can find us at tinyurl.com slash nevermadefarsi. Leave us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. Anything you liked or didn't like, share less know via Twitter at NeverMadePod. Thank you to David Cutter for the music. And we will hopefully be talking to you about Star Wars next time. And it'll be 2020. Happy New Year. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas.